Welcome to episode nine of Spread the Dread. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And um, I hope all of everyone actually, the, the numbers are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for Fright Flick FMK, Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill, we call it FMK because we don't want to get censored everywhere. Obviously, not a problem with me. I don't give a shit. It might uh, be a problem with some of the people that have been trying to partake in the super spreader because everybody's like, oh, I've, I've made a review, but I think they were cussing. And that's well, the reason why we can't see it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get to that. Um, we're going to get to that. But this one, we're, we're jumping in. This is, again, um, episode one of uh, Fright Flick FMK, uh, where we review the Snowtown movie, uh, which was, of course, based off of episode eight. This is going to get confusing because now we're doing episode counts for different one yeah. up, different ones. <laughs> so again, it's all spread the dread. But mm-hmm. this is the main pod. This is this is the this is the baby. You know what I'm saying? This is the this is the main. This we is decided the, you wanted to hear more from us, so we're like, hey, let's start we, a movie review. Podcast. We assumed, yeah. <laughs> so far, it looks like we assumed correctly. Yeah, the numbers are looking really good yeah. if you compare them to our already shitty numbers. <laughs> uh, but the FFMK, uh, number one of Snowtown, it's up now. You can find it on YouTube, BitChute, all the pot. Every, everywhere. everywhere you can find this show, you can find Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, episode one. Um, and then, of course, as, we, as we've as we said before, um, those are going to be, it, when we post them, because it's not going to be weekly, although it, it looks like that coming up, those are always going to be on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Main podcast on Wednesdays. Um, the next Three Tuesdays, though, there is going to be a brand new Fright Flick FMK because we're going to be reviewing the Fear Street Trilogy. Yes, the Netflix original based off of R.L. Stein. Those come out. They start coming out this upcoming Friday. You're listening to this. We're recording this June 29th. You're going to be listening on June 30th. Uh, so at the end Friday of this week, which is June 2nd or July, July 2nd. 2nd, sorry, July 2nd. And then for the next Two Fridays after that, they're going to be releasing all three of the films in that trilogy. The following Tuesday, we will be debuting a Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill about those movies. And then at that point, probably going to take a few weeks off. The goal to, is to eventually do the, 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 the Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill for like maybe once or twice a month. Yeah. It's supposed to be an accoutrement uh, to, the, to, to, to what we're doing. A nice appetizer, side dish, a Caesar salad. To the shit steak that is uh, the Spread well, the Dread podcast. Well, so we've been pretty transparent about the fact that we have lives outside of this, and this does not bring us any kind of money. No. So we're gonna do it as much it's as never possible. Going, it's never going to, because I swear to God, if someone comes to us like, "Hey, we're gonna give you this much," but can you not say "fuck" one extra uh, time? That's I a can't deal do that. I can't do that. It's too important to me. Uh, so definitely check those out again. It's it's all under the Spread the Dread banner. We didn't create like a separate show for it or anything like that. So uh, again, if you're listening on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, uh, all of them, uh, make sure you subscribe or follow to us on those apps and allow automatic downloads. And then you wake up the next morning, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, boom, there's a brand new STD and not the kind of STD you woke up to in college. <laughs> This one's a little bit, well, STDs are funny, to be fair. As long as you can get rid of them. <laughs> this one's probably, I mean, technically, I, I believe. I don't know. I guess we have some staying power. I guess we are the equivalent of syphilis. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. can't get rid of us with the no, antibiotics. No, you won't. And I, and I have been described as 
causing people's ears to have a burning sensation. <laughs> and they really have a strong itch to cut me off. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, check those out. And then, of course, uh, Joe, tell them about the website where they can go to, to, to stay in touch. As always, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Yes. You'll find all of our links there. It's direct links. I didn't bullshit around. No. You will find us on every single one of the most popular apps and probably a few we are not even aware of. Yeah. Oh, I'm probably, I'm sure of that. (laughs) But yeah, you can go there. Direct links to our Podbean, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Castro, iHeartRadio, all that (laughs) stuff right there from spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And of course, if you want to reach out to us, also, sorry, direct links to our Facebook, Instagram, uh, the YouTube and the BitChute where everything is up and going if that's the way you choose to consume us. Um, and uh, then, of course, you can always reach out to us on spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com or through Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, we do want to draw attention again to the fact that the five-star super spreader stickers have came in. Um, again, they look great. Yes. They're four by four. They're nice and big. You put these on a car... <laughs> I was going to see I was going to make something wrong. Should I? You know, yeah, fuck yeah, it. yeah, fuck it. These are literally going to be like the Holocaust tattoos. Oh. Very visible. Everyone in traffic's going to know what you do. No, you didn't know. You didn't know. Everyone I was thinking like know. tramp stamp. I don't know. Uh, uh, we are the we, yeah, well, we are the tramp stamp on the true crime <laughs> podcasting community for our fucking show. We're the Prince Albert of podcasting. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, they're nice and big and bold. And if you want one for free, there's only one way to get You can't pay for it. Nope. We don't want your fucking money. Yep. You have to go onto Apple Podcast and yes. you have to review us. Five-star review. Five-star review. And you have to send us a screenshot to either Facebook but or Instagram But the review has Messenger. to contain an actual review. Not yes. just giving us the five stars nope. and nothing. It's got to say something. Again, yep. I don't give a fuck if you say, hey, I'm typing this because I'm getting a free sticker. Suck it, bitches. That's enough You're for me. You're kind of technically paying for my effort in creating a, a decent-looking graphic right. to slap on whatever you decide. Right. You Yeah, but you do that. And if you decide to put it on a naked body part, please send that email. You still have to get the... Sp- <laughs> uh, no one's going to email I know you nudes. That's like Snapchat. asking, that's like asking someone to send you Polaroids of their fucking <laughs> coos through the fucking mail. No one's doing it anymore. You got to have a Snapchat. But again, if you want to do that, uh, once you have... You, you put the review up. Get a screenshot of it, and you can send it to us. Instagram is the preferable choice. We check that the most. You can email it again, spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook Messenger, it's fucking dying over there, but we do check it, so that's how to do that. <laughs> um, so let's get the shout-outs. We got a few shout-outs. Oh, yeah. Um, so the first one actually came via Podbean. Now, Podbean, we always tell everybody, if you, if you no matter what kind of uh mobile product you own tablet phone whatever you can have fucking podbean podbean Mm -hmm. is the tits when it comes to actual it's just for podcasts and that's they host us they distribute us and all that stuff uh so we got a a a comment from walton jam va love how you two manage to make the creepy and gory funny thank you exactly exactly that's what what we're here for (laughs) Uh, Instagram, Jennifer Gaddy 84 said, love the podcast. It's the perfect balance of fucked up shit and comedy. The Daewoo Lanos commercial <laughs> almost made me pull over because I was laughing my ass off. Thanks for making my Wednesday drive to and from work bearable. Now, Jen, 
I don't know how that commercial got there. <laughs> I really don't. That was episode eight of Spread the Dread podcast where we did the deep dive, the actual episode of the Snowtown murders, and somehow Igor Saprunik managed to fucking get his commercial for his clearly not legit Daewoo Lanos dealership at the beginning of that, so he got some free publicity. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe Jennifer's going to go buy a Daewoo Lanos now. I don't know. I don't think she's going to go all the way to Ukraine to get it, but I don't know how far Igor's tentacles reach or his <laughs> rich-ass family, to be, to be more specific. Uh, Joe, won't you read us the next Instagram shout-out from uh, AJ Walters 75 Okay, quote-unquote, just started listening. Fantastic stuff. Sense of humor, I truly appreciate. Each one keeps getting better. Awesome stuff. I will, yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I wrote this on the notes, so I didn't want you to do it. AJ Walters. It's a good-looking dude. Is he the one with the Instagram picture where he like looks like he's doing a podcast as well? I can't remember. I, I know he does like he's like an artist. He does like he's got some really cool <gasps> yeah, art. That's shit. a good-looking cat. He's a good-looking dude, and yeah. he's got good taste in podcasts. So <laughs> if you're a guy or girl, either neither, whatever. I don't know what AJ's into. He's fucking free as fuck, and he likes podcasts. So whatever he's <laughs> trying to bang. Long as it's of legal age and it's not of the barnyard yes, variety, he should have it all. Uh, so that's uh, that's him on um, on uh, Instagram. So uh, okay, here we go um, uh, for the uh, five star super spreader stickers. Uh, a Sizzler underscore. That's our boy Aaron Gonzalez. Your sticker is in the mail. It's getting there. Uh, Cassie Lee four twenty. Now this is going to take a minute. <laughs> Uh, right, well, let me get to this first. Jedi Mind Trick on you. You uh, you had posted one. Uh, you need to message us your address so that we can actually send your sticker out. Cassie Lee 420. She she sent a screenshot, and this is why Joe brought up. Pretty sure everything Cassie said in here was just red flags all over the fucking place for <laughs> yeah. Apple. I know who our people are. You know, dreadheads. Sometimes you gotta tone that shit down in public. I think Apple is not approving this review because Cassie went in there with both fucking barrels blazing. <laughs> uh, the, the headline, fucking hilarious. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. If you are PC, maybe just get the fuck out of here. Otherwise, welcome to the shit show. I love it. I love how she welcomed them to our shit show. Which it is a shit show, <laughs> but Cassie, you could have been a little nicer about maybe. <laughs> uh, but either way, I know you're going to get that handled, so your sticker's in the mail. And I promised Cassie I was going to send her two, and here's why. The last episode I talked about Cassie, I didn't know if it was Casey. And I went ahead and decided to have antiquated views of shit when Casey was telling me about her wife. I assumed it was a he. <laughs> Casey was the one who had the bathroom coke with the mortician, all that other stuff. I believe that was episode eight or seven of our thing. Go back and listen to both of them, and you'll figure it out. Um, she she immediately responded, "Hey, I am a chick, and my wife's a chick." Um, she's like, "But uh, but she did indicate heavily that strap-ons did play a major role in how they physically express their uh, non-Christian friendly love." Most do. Well, fair play. So I told her I was like I was like, all right, now that you did that out of out of out of my cis male white guilt. Oh, gosh. I'm gonna send you one for your car and then I was like, the other one though, the other sticker, put it on that strap on. <laughs> then, then I want a picture of it. And I was 
I told her, I said, make sure it's on there tight because I don't have the money <laughs> to have a lawsuit for internal paper cuts <laughs> if you and your wife decide to throw down with a five-star super spreader <laughs> emblazoned strap-on. Um, but, yeah, so she did say that. And she wanted me to point out to everybody. She, she wanted to point this out, that she and her wife, they live in Altoona. <laughs> and her ex, uh, I believe husband, she has kids. Um, lives in Dykesville, and she thinks it's hilarious that her and her lesbian partner live with the kids in Altoona while her husband, who she left for another woman, lives in Dykesville. And I promised I'd point that out. So again, if you're listening to this and you're like, why is that cis male saying that? I'm not. I'm trying not to die. I'm using, my, I'm using my platform and my white male privilege to speak on the beauty that is Cassie Lee 420's fucking <laughs> yes. life. That she decided to way overshare with me. And I love her to pieces for it. And uh, the last, when we were talking about um, in uh, the, the newest Fright Flick about Snowtown, the FMK. Yeah. And we were talking about like how, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. The guy from Australia that we talked about. Go back and listen to the fucking episode. You'll have it. It was Adam or something yeah, uh, from Adam. there. Just Adam, remember? Yes, yes. yes I remember. Uh, I was telling me that no self-respecting Australian drinks Fosters. And I made the quip about I bet everyone in Milwaukee drinks OMB. And uh, she said, no, they don't do that there. She was like, the trash that lives around here, we drink OMB. <laughs> and she said, including my wife. <laughs> so Cassie Lee's wife. I don't know. I don't know if you need help. I, at this point, I am just literally every time I get I'm a notification. I'm honestly awestruck. I think we need to meet them like in person. We're gonna have to like do an FMK bathroom where like they co-host. <laughs> well, Cassie turned down the bathroom coke, but she did do that. She claims at the at, she was oh. worried about her wife. But the more I'm getting to know Cassie, I don't think she turned down that bathroom <laughs> bowl. I That's think horrible. she I think she did that toilet coke and she's been lying to her wife ever since. Oh no. But anyway, everybody, so that's the shout outs. Uh Joe, you ready to get into this? Yes. Let's get into episode nine. Carl's Carl Pan's Ram, aka Bad from Birth. So, all right, Joe, do what you do best and kick it off with like the the you know the bio about Carl Panzram. Okay, thank you for the pronunciation. So, uh, Charles Panzram was born six twenty eight of eighteen ninety one in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. He divide er, he died divide divided. They did he not. Divided they his did soul not and body. Him. They did, yeah, he, yeah, his soul was divided from his body. He yes. departed. Unto Satan, <laughs> per, per all of my fucked up youth where I spent it in the church. Yes. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, God. September 5th of 1930, so a day before my birthday, many, many years later. Yes. In Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, by hanging. Ooh. And if you've been paying attention to our Instagram, you know what happens to men after a hanging. Wait, hold on. All right, so point, because that, <laughs> that was a dread-filled fact, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Which, okay, so... We like to post stuff. We're trying to get better about posting stuff to Instagram, not not to overwhelm you, like just two to three a day. Information you don't need, really. Right, right. And so Joe came up with the idea of like a dread-filled fact, which is great. So it covers the gamut. It's not just true crime or horror movies. It's just fucked up shit you didn't know. Uh, what was the one you're talking about, though? I forget that. You, you, you Angel remember. Lust. Angel Lust. Lust. Okay. Yeah. It's the death Sounds erection. Hot. So it's a death erection. So death after. Erection. Um, <laughs> 
which is that which is the the next step beyond a fear erection, which is what you give me most times. Oh. Anyway, so explain explain that real quick. Okay, so what that means is that if a man is hung to death, uh, what'll happen is oh, that okay. most hung of his to death. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I was think I was I was thinking about my black brothers. <laughs> oh, I thought it was gonna be about you. Shut up. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> go on. Uh, so what happens is is that when a man, a man is hung to death, all the blo- uh, blood actually will flow to his nether regions. And That's actually, the penis. <laughs> well, it's also to the legs, but it typically the amount of blood volume ends at the waist level. So a lot of the times a man will end up with an, a full fucking erection if he's been hung to death. Which is... Cool and not because let's say you're a dude that's not very well endowed. You're dead and people are teasing you and you really at that point can't do anything (laughs) about it. You can't defend yourself at all. And I like the fact that it's just because of the blood flowing down. So dudes, if you're ever hung to death, uh, you're going to have an erect cock and cankles. Uh, And that's not a way anyone wants to go. But I wonder if you are on the correct, if you're in the correct uh, position for aerial erotic asphyxiation. Okay. If you're pulling the old David Carradine. Yes, the yeah. David Carradine. The velvet scarf. <laughs> That's how you what do was it. that, Thailand? It's one of those tea countries. Fun, of all the things that sexually can kill you in Thailand, <laughs> you ended up accidentally killing kill yourself. yourself. <laughs> if I go to Thailand and die in a sexual nature, trust me, motherfuckers, it will not be alone in my hotel room. <laughs> and if a doorknob's involved, it will be in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but yeah no I, i've always wondered if if you died of that nature if your head was just above le- like above your waist if you died at least with the fear erection after you just i guess came all i don't know yourself. we're getting way too carl, <laughs> carl pan's ram <laughs> let's get back my to bad it. My uh, bad. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> so yeah, if you want all those great dread-filled facts, follow us on IG and Facebook, yeah. and you'll get those uh, once or twice a week. So as far as let's get into some early life stuff about, about, about Carly P here. Oh, I, I, well, I was going to top off by saying that there was five confirmed de- oh, yeah, uh, murders, 20, uh, 21 confessed murders, 100-plus suspected murders. Right, and I'll go he and tell you. the most. I'll go ahead, but I'll go ahead and tell you this though: with the twenty-one confessed, I would probably because he. I wouldn't say he's so much of a boaster. Carl Panzram, if you don't know anything about him, get ready to learn a little bit about him. But that motherfucker, I don't think he's human. I don't know, dude. Carl Panzram was on another fucking vibrational plane as a human being, not a good one. But dude was just, seemed to be detached from what humanity was pretty much from the womb to the fucking tomb. Hmm. Um, so he was the son of East Prussian immigrants, uh, Johann and Matilda Gottlieb Panzerem, uh, raised on a farm with eight brothers and sisters. I uh, could not figure out, uh, you know, where his lineup was in that, but, uh, you know, back in the day, white immigrant family, they just fucking had kids like and rabbits yeah that's all they that's all they could afford to do is fuck yep and if, naturally when you roll the dice nine times you hit snake eyes and boom carl panzerin <laughs> was born you know what I'm saying? uh so by the age of five to six he was already very openly fond of lying and stealing um at the uh let's see here uh 1899 
age uh, seven to eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. In juvenile court by this age. Right. On charges of being drunk and disorderly in public. See, you know what? Like, I, when I, I think about seven to eight years old, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. Like, probably doing, like, coloring books and... I don't know, hating my other friends who like Barbies because I hated them. I, I, I don't know, but I, don't I was know. not drinking Ma- at this point. It was actually only about five or six years later. But- yeah, I was going to say, I barely, I barely got into my teens before I, I experimented with it. Maybe that's the thing. If you're from the East Grand Forks area of Minnesota, let me know. You know, by age, you know, five to six. That might be the only thing you can do. Or you shit stealing and lying. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> It's cold up there. Maybe he was just trying to stay warm. Like, yeah. He's a drunk. And you're like, no, he just doesn't have good clothes. There's a lot of kids around. They don't have a lot of blankets. You know, they're doing Keeping fucking. his body temperature up. They're fucking Survival. Ro- they're fucking, all nine of them are Rochambeauing for the fucking three blankets every night <laughs> to see who gets the fucking, you know, maybe not get the flu this year. Um, so, yeah. So, he was, yeah. So, yeah. Seven or eight. Artie and Juvie for fucking, or juvenile court for being drunk and disorderly. Now, the drunk thing gets me. I want to know, and, and again, when I think of seven to eight year old being disorderly in public, I get it. But we're talking Carl Pansram here. What was he doing to be disorderly? And yes. I love how they mentioned the disorderly as though him at seven or eight being drunk wasn't enough. Yeah. They're like, you know, that other, you know, they're like, you see the other seven, eight year old there? He's shit faced. You see what he's doing? He's just leaning against the wall. He's fine. Not disturbing the peace. He's going to go home. He's going to have, but you're fucking out here causing a scene. <laughs> young sir you know and that's that's where the minnesota fucking judicial systems draws a line toes in the sand no no you can be Uh, drunk but you can't be disorderly not at seven or eight you can fucking smash it all you yeah uh so then uh uh, 1903 joe so yeah so he's now 11 and he's arrested and jailed for being drunk and incorrigible i love the word incorrigible i love it too yeah Uh, which which is literally the judicial system at 11 (laughs) said he is unable to be reformed or improved at 11. Now, this is 1903. Carl Pantsram still has 27 more years on this earth. Minnesota, Minna fucking soda, has written him off at 11. So, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the same year, 1903, Minnesota says, look, he's fucking drinking all the time. He's beyond fucking fixing. Uh what else happened that year, Joe? Same year. He stole some cakes, apples, and a revolver from his neighbors. So, like, he, he had munchies and crime on his mind. I don't know. I mean, I I immediately cut back to the cartoons of the pie cooling on the windowsill. Yes, yes. And I just see Carl Pansram being drunk and incorrigible. Peeking over a fence in the backyard of someone else's house and being like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get that fucking pie," and then you know he's just Ooh, like an, an apples. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they have everything here. They have cakes and apples and, and revolvers. Guns. Oh my, you know, like. So I love that he's just like, "I'm hungry and I'd like to shoot something," and I don't have that here at the farm. I'll go find it. Uh, so yeah, and then Joe, we're not. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're not done. done with 1903. No. So no. after he does all this, let's get to December of 1903. What happens? Oh no! So October of the same year, he's sent to Minnesota State Training School by his parents. So his their parents, parents were like, "Fuck!" His parents. This were, kid is yeah. too much. We have so many other kids to worry about. He's incorrigible. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. His let's parents finally him. said, "You know what? Minnesota's right." Yeah. Everybody else was telling us he was bad, including the state. We get it now. So, yeah, they sent him to the uh, state training school. Uh, but 
No, and especially we're joking around. Nobody, nobody, in, nobody should ever have this shit happen to them. And it did. Certainly did not help. Well, it didn't help, but it certainly laid the groundwork for the man that Carl Panzerum would become. Uh, there, he was tortured, beaten, and raped by the staff members in a building. And this was legit. The building, I don't know what actually went down in the building. But the building on this facility, everyone nicknamed it the paint shop because all the kids who left that building were painted in bruises and blood. That's it? What do you mean? I, I don't know. I guess because when you say raped, I'm like, okay, bruises. Uh, okay, we're still talking about... Look, you just made oh, me. Oh, sorry. You made me. I'm You're sorry. supposed to be the straight player here, the one that everybody can fucking be okay with. I'm sorry if I let anybody down. I was like, oh, you the DNA everywhere? You know, more importantly, you let yourself down. Not really. <laughs> I don't think you let Minnesota down. Minnesota gave us Carl Panzram. They're beyond reproach. Um, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, uh, so he was there for a couple of years, yeah. uh, and in July, July 5th, one day after Independence Day, Carl Panzram got a touch of America about his fucking ass, <laughs> and said, hey, sparkler to that fucking building, <laughs> hey, we fought off the Brits, god damn it, I'll fight off the staff and crew of the Minnesota State Training School, Carl burned the paint shop down. <laughs> With a sparkler, like I said, no. But I don't know. Uh, but he, don't he, know. Cla- he claimed this. Uh, everyone pretty much agrees it was him, but he wasn't caught for it at the time. He didn't get any kind of trouble. Uh, and then January the following year, so about half a year later, 1906, Carl actually was able to parole himself. <laughs> now, if you remember, we go back. Carl Panzerin was born in 1891, all right? In 1906, so this is... 14, 14 15. or 15, he manages to parole himself from training school using money he stole from his mother. This guy's been locked up for three years. Nobody <laughs> at this school had a question about how this kid suddenly had the cash flow to bail himself out, let alone the fact that an inmate technically bailed themselves out of jail. I agree. If that is not a foreshadowing of this goddamn prison system we have, I don't know what it is. But in 1906, Carl Panzram swiped some money from his mom's purse, and guess what? She was on a visit, went and fucking greased the right wheel and walked the fuck out of the Minnesota fucking um, state training school and eventually into the annals of American history of true crime. So that, not that it's much different from his previous years. Let's cut into his teen years. No, no. So the story <laughs> of Carl Panzerim just gets worse. Yeah. And more frequent. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can imagine where this is going. Obviously, he's on this show. If you're on, <laughs> if you're on Spread the Dread podcast, you fucked up. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do, like, historical stuff, and you hear the stuff, and you're like, eh, I've done worse than that. I just didn't get caught. Yeah, exactly. You know? But, no, if you're on Spread the Dread who you know? So yeah, Joe. Let's let's talk about Carl Panzram's fucking. As a teen. He's just pubing fucking hardcore. <laughs> so a few weeks after being paroled <laughs> and attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric, <laughs> I wonder if he had a problem with Lutherans. Because I feel like you know, especially well, back in that day, his training school was like religious based. Right. I don't know if it was Lutheran, but I don't. <laughs> he know didn't if, give a shit. It was like right, if dude, they represent God, fuck them. Like there's that's one what he sect did. of Christianity that really I don't think's done much to really piss you off. It's the fucking Lutherans. You know what I'm saying? They just <laughs> it na- did enough for him. They just nail fucking papers to doors. <laughs> you know, and that's it. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah so. so he was he was paroled. He attempted to kill that Lutheran cleric. He ran away from home to become a hobo. Right, and I read this, and I forgot to put it in the notes, that when he got home, when he returned home to his mother, <laughs> the, uh, the article stated her favorite kid had drowned, which is very indicative of the time. A, you got nine kids. If I had nine kids, I would hate all of them equally. Yeah, exactly. There wouldn't be a fucking no, favorite. No, absolutely Let not. Let alone the favorite drowning. I, drowning to me seems like a somewhat preventable fucking death. Oh. I know there's shit that happens. You know what I'm saying? There's shit that happens. But like if he was really, he, she was really your favorite, you should have kept closer eye on him. Oh. You made a cum <laughs> on kids joke. I did. I w- I, no, it wasn't necessarily a joke. I was trying to be a little Statement. bit more factual. That was all. That was all. Oh, so now, it was the so now we're concerned building. about facts at this show? <laughs> really? Okay. We had a fucking commercial from a serial killer in the Ukraine for his brand new automobile dealership, and now we're fact-based. <laughs> Let us roll on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he said, fuck this noise, because she was basically inconsolable and probably talking shit about him, and he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'll show you. I'll become a hobo. <laughs> uh, and he did. Um Not to his benefit, though. No, No. sir. Tell us why. Yeah, so he had often traveled by train and claimed to have been gang-raped by a group of train hobos. We're going to pause right there. Because I have (laughs) something. Do we really need to? I need to get this off my chest. (laughs) As someone who, outside of prison rape, (laughs) did not know they had an irrational fear (laughs) before writing these notes of being... Gang raped by train hobos. I do need to speak up Can right now. Can you imagine the smell? Oh, I'm God. Sorry. The smell. Oh, oh just the just, salt and dirt yeah, in the just, air. Just gym socks and fucking boxcar coal and fucking salt. Bad breath. Oh, if uh, I mean, honestly, teeth. If, oh. if, if you have to pick a group to get gang raped by, I would imagine train hobos. Going to be pretty close to the bottom of that fucking oh, list. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, so that happened. And, uh, you know, also while he's going around and this is, you know, this is all the, you know, he's just fucking traveling by train and being a fucking hobo, big time alcoholic. I don't know if there was any kind of foreshadowing to that. Maybe the time when he was, uh, you know, in juvenile court at the ripe age of fucking seven. Because the state of Minnesota was like, he's too drunk and he's too far gone. Uh, but in his teens, he continued on with his uh, with his alcoholism. And then we, we get to 1907. Yeah, so Pans Ram, he gets so drunk in a saloon in Montana that he joins the army. Now, now I, I've heard people getting drunk in Vegas and marrying somebody that they didn't necessarily want to bring home to mama. But I've never heard anybody drunkenly sign up for the army. Just saying. Well, it was Montana. Maybe he to was thinking, fair, I get to kill motherfuckers? To be Sign f- me up. Well, yeah, legally, you know, yeah. to kill them. But to be fair, I, right now, I don't know what else I could do in Montana besides <laughs> getting drunk enough to possibly enlist into the armed forces. And this is back in 1907. Yeah. Um, but wasn't there like a Pauly Shore movie about this? <laughs> did Carl Panzram... Was it in the army? Did Carl Panzram lay the groundwork for Pauly Shore's <laughs> American classic... In the army now, <laughs> co-starring Andy Dick. Maybe they should oh, give Andy Dick. 
We miss you. I, I miss you, Andy Thank you. Dick. Don't speak for me when it comes yeah. to Andy Dick. I always loved it when he would come on to Love Line and Dr. Drew got to, like, pigeonhole him. Oh, my gosh. And if you know exactly what I'm talking about, please How high was he on all those episodes? Oh, I mean, like, no. No. I, be, I just imagine Dr. Dr. Drew the whole Drew time being like, this isn't him. funny, Andy. This is sad. Yeah. You need to help. You need to get help. He He's like, oh, Dr. Drew. <laughs> On the episode, I remember specifically he was pigeonholing him over his consumption rate of marijuana only. That tells you how bad everything else was. <laughs> just like, look, Andy, if you would just stop the pot, you can have the uppers, the downers, the tweeners, <laughs> all that other stuff. Just stop the pot. Let's baby steps. Uh, so yeah. So and then uh, shortly after Pan's Ram enlisted. Uh, he was convicted of larceny because, yep. again, outside of drinking and fucking being a hobo train guy. He loved to steal. Loved to fucking steal. Um, and he served time at Fort Leavenworth's United States Disciplinary Barracks because, again, he's a service member at this yeah. point. So he's technically a court-martialing or something of that nature from 1908 to 1910. Well, Those- he's, he's representing the United States, and I think that's the reason why that, hey, you know. My freedom. <laughs> My America says, hey, he's seven. Give him a drink. <laughs> he's, you know, he can ride boxcars and have sex with groups of men if he wants to. This is America. <laughs> Freedom and shit. Uh, but that what's, that's actually what makes it interesting that the Secretary of War at the time was going to be the future President uh, Taft. Oh, yeah, was Taft, the one that approved the sentence. Taft, also our fattest president, and the rumor was that he actually got stuck in a tub. Oh. If you know anything about tubs back then... That's tough to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely he was definitely our most robust president. <laughs> uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Ta- Taft was elected president only a year or two after this. It was not long, but he wow. was yeah he was the Secretary of War at the time. Personally approved this sentence for Carl Panzram. And here's a spoiler alert: Yo. if you think that the <laughs> paths of Carl Panzram and former President William Howard Taft are not going to cross again. You are wrong, wrong. sir, ma'am, yes. in between, either, neither, nor. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But um, Carl Panzram actually stated that, uh, that any goodness he had left in him was smashed out in Leavenworth. Yep. Um, I, 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 I would imagine I any person at that time I, is that I, I hate rough. his wording, smashed. <laughs> If I'm sorry. Please I had to do don't it. go back to the train hobos. All right, I'm still fighting that right now. I had a, li- I had to take, a, I had to take a breath, take a walk. I had to go feed some ducks when I even wrote about that, just to remind myself that overall the world's okay. Not, you know, it, but I did check under the bed to make sure there wasn't a roving gang of train hobo rapists. <laughs> And and I'm gonna check again tonight before I go to sleep, just to make sure I no longer there's a different boogeyman that I'm now afraid is in the closet at this point. So after Mr. Pansram yep. is uh, dishonorably discharged, i.e., released, yeah, from Fort Leavenworth's <laughs> military bar- barracks, he, he goes right back to stealing anything from bicycles to yachts. That's a big spread. Yeah, that's like being like, yeah, you know, sometimes my my. Steal a Mars bar or rob a bank. $80 Murphy bike. (laughs) Murray, Murray, not Murphy. When you said Murphy, I was like, it's Murray, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were around back then, but I I think all that is to indicate that, like, Carl Panzram just wanted to fucking steal. Yeah. And he had a Fiat Pinchot. Now, this is, now, when I hear yachts, you're like, that doesn't seem like the easiest thing to steal. They're not small. 
you know, like, but, but Carl Panzram loved to steal himself some boats, <laughs> yachts, whatever. There was some other term in there I didn't write down because I wasn't sure if it was really a real word. <laughs> then I actually looked at it, and it was, and I realized that my nautical knowledge is really fucking limited. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, and he, he was caught several more times, yeah. you know. So he heads down to uh, Juarez, Mexico which, in 1910. Which, if you're listening to this from Juarez, which, by the way. Hola, como estas? <laughs> yeah. uh, uno. Oh. De, dos. Tri- I know eggs are huevos. So I, if I want to get three eggs in Mexico, I can get a breakfast. After that, I'm fucked. You're such a fucking gringo. So I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. uh, and some of the swear words. i enough. Uh, anyway, but uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if you, shit's gone bad when you're like, you know what, fuck you, I'll go to Mexico. Yep. Particularly Juarez, and that stands today. This is 2021, that still stands. But yeah, he heads down to Juarez, Mexico in 1910. Yeah, to enlist in the Federal Mexican Army. I'm going to goddamn <laughs> fight for a country one way or the other. <laughs> you know, and he's just like, America don't want me, Mexico will take me. But he fails, and he heads to Del Rio, Texas. Right, that's got to be one of the worst rides back i know right when you, you go to mexico, mexico and you're like you know what couldn't make it in mexico <laughs> maybe i can make it in america again so yeah he, he heads towards uh, he's heading towards del rio and does a little stop off in a small town uh east of el paso joe yes where he abducts he, well, this is claimed this is claimed he, by okay, him sorry yes he yep. claims um that he abducted assaulted and strangled a man for 35 dollars is that a lot in 1910 maybe i so. would think so i don't think that's murder money but again yeah, we're talking about carl panzram and just like a honey badger fucking carl panzram doesn't give a fuck he's like you know what i to me i, I happen to think that after he killed the man he went Fuck yeah, 35 bucks on him. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the money was the reason. It was just more of like the fucking cherry on top yeah. of the crime he just committed. So, and that takes us to 1911. Yeah. So he was, he started using the alias Jefferson Davis. And I will say this going forward I didn't write them all down because this dude fucking loved some fucking aliases. I guess that's pretty much back then that's all you had to do was just tell someone you had a different name. I would imagine it was really easy to counterfeit, like, you know, documents at that Pro- point. Probably so at that point, yeah. but yeah, so yeah, this is one of, I mean, literally, you can look them up. There was shit, there was close to like a dozen I mean, different- it, ha- it had to have been easy because he was only arrested for stealing a bicycle in Fresno, California, so to go through all that trouble to, for, you know, right? you create those documents like, all right, just Jeff, for a bike. From here on out, Jeff, Jefferson Davis, that's my bicycle stealing name. Commit that to memory, Carl. Don't fucking let it go. Uh, But he did get sentenced to six months. California don't play when it comes to fucking stealing huffies out there. But he didn't. (laughs) Thank you for getting that right. Uh, But he escaped after only doing one month of that sentence. Yet another thing (laughs) foreshadowing. Carl Panzram was not easy to keep in fucking prison. This motherfucker was like six foot and some change. Big old burly dude. He I probably don't... just went up to the guard and was just like, let me the fuck out. And you're right. just like, you know, oh my God, Stole my some more money from muscle. his mom and greased some palms and it was all good to go. <laughs> uh, so then we, we get into 1913, Joe. So he starts using the alias Jack Allen and that's where he's arrested in the Dales, Oregon, for highway robbery, assault, and sodomy. Right. I... I wonder if all three of those... sprinkled on top, just sodomy. Right, did they roll several incidences together? Or did he just be like, all right, I stopped the car, robbed the car, beat the shit out of him. The guy, and he, Carl Panzram liked fucking dudes. Yeah. 
Uh, and he was just like, you know, I decided to rape the dad. And, you know, I got caught. Uh, but but then he was only in the jail in the Dales. <laughs> that rhyme, yeah. like, like a fucking nice rapper. Job. Jail in the Dales. <laughs> what? That's uh, yeah. But he was only in there for like Top two, two, days. two to three yeah. months, and he he got out of there. Um, <laughs> Joe, keep going because we got a lot of stuff where literally I started the note going same year. Same year. Yeah. So 1913, Panzeram was kind of busy. Yes. So 1913, arrested in Harrison, Idaho, but escaped County Jail. Right. 1930, arrested 1913. For, oh, sorry. 1913. Same year. Yeah. All this yeah. is the same year All as same his year. highway robbery, assault, and sodomy in Oregon. Yeah. Then same year, 1913, arrested for burgl- burglary in Montana. He keeps going to Montana. Last time he got there, he fucking drank a little too much, tried to fight for his country. This time he came back with a fucking vengeance <laughs> and decided, like, you know what? You guys stole from me. I'm taking it back, Montana. So after his arrest, he escaped a few months later. Yep. The same week he escaped, he was arrested again for burglary and returned to Montana State Prison and was released in 1915. Yeah, so supposedly he had like a year-long sentence originally in Montana for what he did. And they like threw another year on top and he managed to not escape after that. Wow. So yeah, so he, he served out the rest of his sentence and was released under normal reasons in 1915. However, a few Joe, months a few later. months later in 1915, <laughs> he, he goes back to Oregon. Yes. He blurt. Uh, he blurt. 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 Burglarized. Yeah, burglarized the house in Astoria, Oregon, and was arrested while trying to sell some of the items. That's that's literally the worst way to go when you burgle. You got away with everything, but then they were just like, you know. You tried selling it. Right. Like, you know. We got you. Yeah, I don't know where you got these fucking Parisian all leather high heel shoes, six foot, sir. But I don't think they're yours, and they also have some lady's monogram into them, and you know. But yeah, so he 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 yeah, he got arrested for that. At that point, like America in general, particularly Oregon, just had a fuck enough of this dude. Gave him seven years to be served at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem. However, Pansram swore that he would not do those seven years and, quote, defied the warden and his officers to make him. Wow. Which brings us to later the same fucking year, <laughs> yeah. 1915. Joe, what happens? <laughs> Pans Ram and inmate Otto Hooker. Otto Hooker. Oh. Which to me sounds like a sex bot. <laughs> yeah, Otto Hooker. I, right now, I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's 2021. By 2015. 2025, we should have auto hookers. <laughs> Just go in, plop in some quarters, and, you know, mum's the word, and, you know, you get to fucking, you know, guy, girl, in between, whatever. Hook, <laughs> auto hookers are for everybody. That's the next American right. You have the right to vote. You have the right to drive. Auto hookers. That's the way this country's going, and it's going to be brilliant. Uh, but, yeah, him and auto hooker tried to escape. Yeah, in 1915. So during the attempt... Hooker killed Warden Harry Minto, and this is actually considered to be Panzerum's first known participation in a murder. Right. Everything before then was all Hearsay. by Panzerum. Yeah. Uh, that was just the first time he was actually, and at that point, again, this was this was Otto Hooker, the killer sex bot from Oregon, <laughs> who killed the warden, and Panzerum was just kind of, you know, an accessory because he was kind of tagging along for the, for the prison break. Um, so this is interesting. So after this, he does a 61-day stint in solitary. 
I could imagine. Holy shit! I would. I just imagine that doesn't have much. That really doesn't affect a man like Carl Panzerin very much. It might be because you. Other had than kids. the fact that there was nothing around then to again, steal. Sixty-one days in solitary sounds amazing. That sounds terrible. Oh no! Away from all of y'all. Joe, no one's gonna let oh. you hold your cell phone and bring you fucking wine spritzers yeah, and shit like true. that. It's in a shitty Oregon prison it's cell, just, but I no, still like two or three bottles of Russian vodka in my phone and a charger, and I could easily really do you that could get stint. by on two to three bottles of Russian vodka for sixty-one days. I would need sixty bottles of Russian. vodka. Sixty-one hours, <laughs> maybe yes. Um, but yeah, so he 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 did that, and then. Ended up escaping in September of 1917. Yep. <laughs> I don't know the details <laughs> of how these, but I generalized what was generally a generalized statement to begin <laughs> with. Uh, it took two shootouts before Panzram was recaptured and returned I to how prison. Many, I wonder how many bullets he actually fucking took. I, I, dude, I, I don't know, but if you couldn't hit Carl, Carl Panzram was, a was literally the side of a barn on feet. So when they do that, you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. That's like literally like maybe two Carl Panzrams, one and a half. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if he got shot. It didn't say anything about that, uh, but he was recaptured and returned to prison. Uh, then, Joe, uh, May 18th, so less than six months later. Yes, yeah. So Panzram escapes again and is caught a. And caught a train going east. Like, hasn't he learned his lesson as far as trains go in their hobos? I guess at, at this point, he's like, you let me meet him. Panzram's a different dude now. He's yeah, seen that's some shit, true. spent some time. He's went to Juarez. You know, he's got 35 bucks in his pocket from a dude he assaulted and strangled in fu- near fucking El Paso, Texas. He's ready. <laughs> you know, he's got some hair on them knuckles now. And apparently he has taken all from the Pacific Northwest that he can fucking do. So it's time to head fucking east and throw his lot in there. And so uh, he heads northeast, like you said, and allegedly he becomes a seaman. Yes, the boat kind. I get it. Carl Panzerum liked to fucking rape men. Ha, ha, ha. He's a, you know what? You know what? Fuck I actually, you. my fuck brain you. went that direction, too. You know what? Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> and fuck the audience. This is a classy fucking show oh, here. Oh, yeah. If you thought that a guy who likes to sodomize people for fun <laughs> becomes a seaman and that this guy, John, of Spread the Dread Podcast, which has the fucking anagram of STD, would dare make a joke about that. How fucking dare you assume that? This is high class shit. So yeah, anyway, becomes a seaman. He likes seaman. Uh, and he decides... <laughs> you did it! And uh, so at this point, he goes and sees some of the world. Yep. There's Panama. Panama. Panama, Panama. Panama. <laughs> gets his fucking Van Halen on. Uh, Chile, London, uh, Edinburgh. 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 Why, why isn't it just B-E-R-G? God damn it. B-E-R. Because they're European. They're uh, fancier. God damn it. You got to put your pinkies out when you Edinburgh. say Ed- Edinburgh. Harris uh, and Hamburg. Yeah, so he he does a little bit of, does a little bit of traveling. Decide, you know what? Before I kick shit off, let me see a little bit of the world. Yeah, because in August of 1920, Carl Panzram says, "You know what? I've seen it all. Seen I've seen the 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 villas of Panama. I've seen the the buck tooth fucking kidney pie eating girls in Edinburgh. I've seen the Eiffel Tower." Carl Panzram's coming back to America, and it's time to become the Carl Panzram that Carl Panzram always knew Carl Panzram could be. 
So August of 1920, Joe, <laughs> Panzram is back in the motherland of fucking freedom. What does he decide to do when he gets here? <laughs> Dude, okay, so for, I just saw <laughs> the note. Left. I just saw the <laughs> Panzram came back and was like, you know what? I've been to these other countries. I'm going to America the fuck out of America. <laughs> and the first thing he does, Joe, he burglarizes the house of a former fucking U.S. president, Joe. Tell us about that shit. We told you Taft was coming back. <laughs> yeah, we told you. Howard Panzram <laughs> had to get his fucking revenge, and he got it on old Willie Taft. Yeah, so uh, Taft was responsible again for sentencing Panzram to Leavenworth. Right. So Panzram stole a large amount of jewelry and bonds, and Taft's Colt M... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still giggling. He got a bunch of jewelry, a bunch of bonds, which was a big thing back then. He's like, then. fuck it, I'm going to kill people with this fucking president's gun. And so he does. He got <laughs> oh, Taft's, does he? Yes, he got Taft's Colt M1911 45 oh, caliber handgun. With this gun and the funds in hand, Panzram decides, all right, let's do Spinal Tap, crank it to fucking 11. Let's go out and fucking go. I got a president's handgun. I got his fucking bonds. I got his jewelry. I, it's time. The, the era of Carl fucking P begins. Um, his murder spree at this point would would last for you know, around eight years and, and would have victims, Joe, in several countries. Yeah. So not only was Carl Panzram America in the fuck out of America, he brought America to everybody. Yeah. He said, the whole world deserves Willie Taft's fucking Colt M1911 45 caliber handgun. And goddammit, Carl Panzram is bringing that shit signed, sealed, and delivered to y'all's motherfuckers <laughs> right to your fucking doorstep. Um, and then immediately following after that, he buys a yacht. As he we said, he loves semen. <laughs> yeah. Loves semen. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get his legs wet again. Uh, yeah, so he bought a yacht. Bought a yacht named the Akista. Akista. Yeah. I don't know. I there's no way in fucking hell. I Carl wonder if that's Panzer, like an anagram for something. He uh, all killing is stupid Taft ass. So I don't know. Fuck, I doubt it. I, you know that that was that was already named that. Panzram didn't come up with that fucking name. <laughs> you know he would have called it like you know fucking fuck train hobos SMS. <laughs> you know something like that. Um, or you know look at me now, ma. You know um, <laughs> who's your your, who's your favorite kid now? Yeah. I didn't, not only did I not drown, I fucking live on the water. <laughs> Fuck him or her, you know, whichever one. The kids fucking drown and died. Um, so while he was in New York City, Carl yes. would actually lure sailors from bars. Which you normally do. We've all been to NYC. I haven't, but when I go, <laughs> I'm going to lure a sailor or two. That's what you do. <laughs> Carl, unfortunately, he had a yacht. And when you lure sailors to your yacht, certain things are expected. Yeah, so he gets them drunk rapes them, shoots them, and dumps their bodies near Execution Rocks Light in the Long Island Sound. I wonder if he chose that spot. I, I part know. of me wants or to believe he did. Or maybe it was named did. after him. Maybe so. That's a great way. If you live near uh, Execution Rocks Light. We should have that up. I, uh, I just, I didn't, sometimes I don't like to let facts get in the way of a good joke. <laughs> and uh, even though I think, uh, this is why our show is not listed as history, rather entertainment. Touche. Um, but yeah, so he was doing that. And by the way, uh, luring the sailors, when he would shoot them, 
That was with former President Willie Taft's fucking Colt M1911 45 caliber handgun. So you're saying a president was responsible for American death? You know what, Joe? For when the is, first when time has ever? that ever happened? Are you mm. shit? Get out of here with your conspiracy Sorry. theories. Carl Panzram absolutely existed. He wasn't the alias <laughs> of a now aging fat president who was upset that he got stuck in a bathtub and that's what he was known for. So he decided to go about New York City killing sailors and raping them and stuff. That's never happened. When have politicians lying? Get out of here with that shit. I trust everybody. Uh, Panzram claimed to have killed 10 men in this fashion. Uh, again, let's remember, he was only convicted for five. Yeah. He confessed to 21 and was suspected of over 100. So this is, I, they don't really have any, they weren't able to prove this. But again, you, you think of someone like Pants Ram, he's really, he's not, I mean, he likes to gloat and brag, but he's not really for lying. Yeah, I mean the motherfucker he'll walks steal, that walk, but he'll do it like almost broad fucking right. Face. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah. He. I don't think Carl Panzram. I mean, if he said ten, I would probably put the number higher personally. Yeah, uh, that's all he could remember in his drunken stupors. Right. I mean, uh, he was a heavy drinker. Right. Uh, but now, like any good American, his his uh, his murder stopped once he uh, accidentally ran the Akista, his yacht uh, aground and sank it near Atlantic City. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a lot of that's a good foreshadowing just for Atlantic City. <laughs> you know, fucking dashed your dreams on the fucking rocks and sank and lost it all in Atlantic City. <laughs> um, so after this, Joe, uh, he he ends up serving some time in Connecticut for burglary. Yeah, so he uh, pants for him. He uh, got a ship to Luanda, the capital of Portuguese Angola, known now obviously as Angola. Yeah, yeah, that's on the uh, it's on the African coast, uh, somewhere near the south area, I believe. I looked at it, but didn't remember it. Yeah, so in, in 1921, Panzerm was the foreman of an oil rig in Angola that he eventually burned down. And everything, I tried to find like, a reason. Here's but, the keys, take care of it. And he's like, fuck it, set it aflame. Right, like, <laughs> like when Panzerm decided he was done playing with the toy, everybody was done <laughs> playing with that fucking toy. I, I think of the livelihoods he wrecked as he just straight deuced, gave deuces to that fucking oil rig. Um, but while he was in Angola... He he claimed to have raped and killed an eleven year old boy there, and uh, I'll say the quote. It's yeah, all good. you, you so, go right ahead. I don't like doing those a lot. Yeah. So Panzer and quoted said his brains were coming out of his ears when I left him, and he will never be any deader. <sighs> See, if we weren't talking about eleven year old boy, it would kind of be funny that he said he won't be any deader. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. It's almost like a car. It'd be like any uh, any deader, because like Minnesotas have the nasal thing. Uh, like yeah, the yeah, system. yeah. He was well. He was from Prussia too, so he may have had the. I don't know. I don't know. There's no way of nailing down a Carl Panzerum accent at <laughs> yeah. this point, because the motherfucker's just a mongrel. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he 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 claimed that in Angola. Uh, he also claimed Joe that he hired a boat <laughs> with six rowers. So he got a big ass rowboat. Yep. Came stocked with locals that would row that son of a bitch. Shot them all. Yep. Fed them to the crocodiles. I don't know if Carl Panzram needed a six-person rowboat. I don't know if he thought this was the easiest way to get six motherfuckers to kill. Doesn't really say. But that, per him, is what he did. I feel like that was a waste of meat. I don't know. I guess that would have been a perfect opportunity to go ahead and bridge the gap into cannibalism. You know what? You can say a lot about Panzram, but there is nothing about him actually yeah. eating motherfuckers. Yeah. Good or bad. Yep. We don't judge it. Dread, spread the dread. But yeah, there's no, there's nothing about him being a cannibal. He just liked, he just liked to kill and loot. 
1922, um, back in the USA, Panzerm claimed to rape and kill two small boys. Yeah. He said he beat one of them to death with a rock in Salem, Massachusetts. He strangled the other later the same year in New Haven, Connecticut. So, I don't... Did he pick up both of the small boys at the same time and decided to split their destinies that's, up? That's what I had thought uh, when I first started, uh, you know, taking the notes and then finally got the details about when they died. So, I think he just kind of made the claim about both of them at the same time. I'm assuming it was around the same time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't say if he actually was like, you know, one of them was a hostage or anything like that. I, I doubt it. Um, but it doesn't say so. Um and then after this, Carl Panzerum, the guy who has served and escaped <laughs> numerous U.S. prisons, and I'm sure <laughs> under some alias that was a new one or whatever, but he, because he didn't have any kind of real good filing system in the U.S. at that point, I mean, the Dewey Decimal System was groundbreaking at this point, <laughs> uh, he managed to get a night watchman job in Yonkers. Uh I would imagine, no offense to anybody, there's probably some shady motherfuckers working the night watchman duty in Yonkers at this fucking moment. Not to Carl Panzerum's level, but potentially. You know what I'm saying? Um, And while he was doing this, Joe, he developed a friendship with a 15-year-old boy named George Walosin. Yep. And so at that point, Tom, I guess Panzerum decided, hey, it's a good moment to steal a boat. I got a good job. I got a good thing going in Yonkers. Got a nice, got a supple 15, 15-year-old got a boy. 15-year-old lad who's my friend. Yeah. Time for me to find... Time for... You know what? I think probably he was like, you know what? Shit's going too right. Let's fuck I, I it up. To, I need to yeah. burgle something. Yeah. This seems, this <laughs> things, things, you know... I feel like almost my mom would have been proud. So, uh... I doesn't feel let's good. Go steal, let's go steal a fucking yacht real quick yeah. and, and get shit going. So, yeah, he stole a boat and sailed to New Haven... Looking for men to rob and rape, as and along with other boats to steal. Yeah, I mean we've all had that dream when we walk, you know, by <laughs> one of those slips near the fucking beach, and you see the boat there, and you're just like, you know, if I had that boat, I could just rob and rape men all I wanted to, <laughs> and and maybe even steal other boats, upgrade my <laughs> boat for another boat. Yeah, but that was that was Panzerum's way of living. Uh, at the, at this point, not too different from the way he lived most of his life. Um. So he went on that little tear for a little bit, and then he went back to get George uh, Wallison. I'm guessing George Wallison was around Yonkers, the surrounding area at that point. Uh, But he promised George a job on his boat. Yeah. Um, However, Panzerum did not make good on that, Joe, because instead of giving him a job, what did he do? He sodomized him instead and kept him as his prisoner slash lover. Right. So I... I actually put the whole thing about prisoner there because George Wilson is with him for a minute. Yeah. So Panzerum didn't kill him. He sodomized him. But George Wilson, is, he's still on this boat. So, I mean, technically at that point, kind of a prisoner. Eh. Um, well, later on you yeah, find yeah, out that yeah, George yeah. escapes. So, yeah. you know, it, it, this is, to my to my knowledge from everything I did, was the only time Carl Panzerum actually had a hostage or a prisoner or anything like that. He was mostly all about the kill and move on. Yeah. Um, so he, he, not, I mean, it's in a sick way. I guess he really did have a fondness or a liking towards George, uh, and, and wanted to keep it's him around of his age. If you think about it, cause he was 15 maybe he hadn't had the same like pass of what Pans, uh, Pansmar did. Um, so maybe he saw some of himself in him that what hadn't been putrefied by the same, you know, upbringing, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but then he's like, well, you're innocent. I'm going to take that in the sentence away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Funny, funny fucking way of showing it there, Carl. Yeah. Um, 
so Joe, 1923. Let's get. We got a few dates here that are uh, June 27th of 1923. Yeah. Uh, yep. Carl claims to kill a man or to have killed a man near Kingston, New York. Steals his yacht, and the body was disposed of in a nearby river. All right. The very next day, June 28th. Yep. Uh, Carl and Willowson docked in uh, Pugasiki. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. I, you know me in geography. No, the, 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 no, I'm with you. The northeast of this country yes. might as well, for a lot of reasons, but for certainly when it comes to town names, might as well be a foreign country. Yeah. Uh, to us, to a good old southern cis white male boy like me, I I don't fucking. And you're from the Midwest, so we're both fucked when it comes to these names. Uh, but, but yeah, he was it, in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, Poughkeepsie, and he steals a thousand dollars in fishing nets. That's it. That seems like a lot of fishing nets. I don't know. I'm not if you if you know the value of a good fishing net back in 1923, let us know. Uh, <laughs> but to me, that seems like quite a lot. Like you're just not gonna have an arm full of nets and be like, oh, this is at least a solid G right here. You know what I'm saying? They're they're fucking fishing nets. I've seen homeless people with fishing nets. You know what I'm saying? So he but he managed to get that, I guess, to sell them or something. But yeah, so like leading back to what you were saying earlier, so after George witnesses Carl murder a man in Newburgh, New York, um, he jumps overboard and swims ashore to escape. Right. And he reports Carl to the police in Yonkers. Which, again, I guess what I'm guessing, uh, I mean, he met Wallace, uh, Willowson, Wallace, and whatever, while he was a night watchman in New York in, in Yonkers. So I'm guessing that was where George was from. Yeah. So he returned to an area that was familiar and it was like, you know, fucking yeah, this told is, the police about it. Yeah. So um, now, obviously. You know, Carl loves his aliases. Oh, yes, he does. Yes. So, actually, George refers to him as Captain John O'Leary, which, right. yeah, obviously was still led to him. Uh, yeah, and- that was his alias he was using there. But despite that alias, Pansram was then arrested the, the next day, June 29th, 1923, in Nyack, New York. Yep. Uh, obviously got locked up and all the other stuff. Less than two weeks later, Pansram pulled a fucking Carl, tried to escape. Um. <laughs> This part, though, yeah, I actually I had to type it and read it at least three times <laughs> because I was like, what I typed can't be what it said. And then when I looked at it, I was like, nope, what I typed is not nearly as bad as what it said. So Carl Panzerim was able to con his own lawyer by giving... <laughs> This is Carl Panzerum has. I mean, again, he he's under the alias of, of John O'Leary at this point, so maybe that's why. I guess it's because of modern life. I know that the aliases only get you so fucking far now. Maybe back then that was all you needed. But uh, you got a guy who is a notorious boat thief. If anything that we've read about that Carl Panzerum has done the most so far, it's been stealing boats. He gives his own lawyer. A stolen boat uh, to basically pay for his bail. Wow. Uh, Panzerum then skips bail and leaves town. And the fucked up thing was that eventually the lawyer had the boat taken from him because they were like, this is a stolen fucking boat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to imagine that lawyer was not in business much longer right. after that. Uh, Carl definitely fucking really got him on that one. <laughs> uh, but then uh, less than a month after he was originally uh, arrested in Nyack, New York, he's arrested August 26th, Joe, <laughs> in Larchmont, New York, 
breaking into a train depot. Yeah, he still has not learned his lesson about train hobos. Or maybe he's like, I need to take my vengeance out on all the trains. I don't know, but I. But he loves his trains. After what happened to him? Crime. Like that's the other thing. Is like he's. I mean, they have cars around this time, but he's just stuck. He's like, nope, rails or C, (laughs) one or the other. That's all. That's what Carl's about. Fuck and the newfangled cars. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck this witchcraft on wheels. You know, uh, so yeah, he's uh, he he's arrested in Larchmont, New York, after breaking into a train depot. Three days later, August 29th. Yes, he, <laughs> you got to go on. I'm giggling too hard. I'm sorry. He, uh, he was cleared as a suspect in a stabbing death in Greenberg, <laughs> New York. Uh, and the reason I knew it because Carl didn't fuck with women at all. Like not even for crimes. <laughs> And I forget the name, but it was it was a woman that was stabbed to death, so he was he was clear to that. Uh, however, they basically came in and was like, "Good news, we know you didn't stab that woman. However, we caught you red-handed breaking into a train depot, and you have a rap sheet that could literally go from fucking Larchmont, New York, to Los Angeles, fucking California. So, bang, five years imprisonment for the train depot break-in." Um, and he he basically serves it because uh, he's not let out um, from the Clinton prison in uh, Danny Mora, New York, until July of 1928. Yeah. So but uh, less than a month after his release, Dude, Carl Pan's Ram <laughs> is going to motherfucking Carl Pan's <laughs> yeah. Ram and you ain't going to fucking stop it. <laughs> he allegedly committed a murder in Baltimore. Like, this is less than a month. There's a lot of people who could say that. <laughs> Allegedly, actually, in Baltimore. provably yeah. committed a murder in Baltimore. Yeah. And if you're from Baltimore, we love you. Stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> you stay safe. You watch this. You listen to this podcast on low volume. You need to keep your head on a motherfucking swivel. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, he's released in July of 1928. Right. <laughs> August 30th, 1928. He makes it about a month. <laughs> yeah. He's arrested in Baltimore for a burglary he committed in D.C. I don't know when that happened so either. so busy. I don't think he remembered when it happened. Because yeah. they was just like, well, you did a burglary in D.C. And Carl probably went, that eh, sounds about right. Uh, yeah. I do burgle. I've seen the state capitol. Probably stole something when I was there, so okay. Yeah, but he's in and out of the system so much. By, by this point, he's just like, fuck well, it. All these aliases, too. He's got to be losing yeah. track at this point. But he just off wall goes, I'm going to tell you all about me killing three young boys earlier the same month. Yeah, yeah. He confesses to killing the three boys earlier that month. And at this point, I'm guessing they figure out it's Carl Panzerim. Yeah. Because he goes into his final sentence in prison as Carl Panzerim. So at this point, I, I guess somebody with a fucking clue got tuned into this and was like, no, every one of these aliases is Carl, Carl Panzerim. Like, there's MO tons matches. of them. We're putting them together, you know, like. All these hobos say the same person you raped know, them. If any of you had ever bothered to check his wallet, he's got 16 different IDs in there. They all state the name of all of these crimes. So so part of me was was feeling like maybe at this point, Panzerum was just done with it. Yeah. Because, again, they they just kept keep catching him for burglary. Yeah. That was it. They never caught him for murder. No. He confessed to it. And, I mean, given the, the nihilistic, uh, 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 anarchist, fucking whatever you want to fucking call it, persona that Carl Panzerum was. I mean, he's... 
technically this larger than life entity. Nothing about this man makes fucking sense. No. Yet he lived and breathed for like almost 40 fucking years <laughs> on this earth. Uh, I happen to think that he was just like, you know what? I, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get it over with. I've had my fun. I've stole enough yachts. I've had enough train hobo sex. Let's call it a day. <laughs> now, obviously, given his long list of priors. Long. Yes. He receives 25 to life. Yep. Got the old, the old, uh, the old, the old 25 to life. <laughs> and he's usually impri- is going to be more of the life part <laughs> yeah. than the 25. Especially, I don't see him being of good conduct, you know, getting off around no. the 25 years. He's mark. not going to make it to 25. Even, yeah. if, even if I didn't know how this ends, I'd have been like, nope, what, 25 no. days, 25 weeks? Pansram's not making it. Yeah, so, and obviously, I didn't read much of these notes. Jonathan can attest. I'm going to bet, oh, I'm not even looking at my phone right now as far as the notes. I bet he makes it less than two years before he fucks up his sentence. Uh, He's dead in two years. Oh, okay, so. Yeah, so you're wrong. I'm kind of wrong. You gave him too much fucking credit, yeah. honestly. You, th- you <laughs> thought that he was a human rather than just a demon in a fucking no, human suit. No, I'm just suit. thinking of opportunity. So, yeah. he was in prison at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. Oh, first thing he did was warn the warden that, quote, I'll kill the first man that bothers me. Now, there's the, there's a problem <laughs> with using the word bother. Yeah. Because if I'm you a prison guard. too close. If, if I'm a prison guard, dude, to do my job, I've technically <laughs> got to bother, gotta bother you. You. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's like, I'll kill the first one. And I, so at me as a guard, I'm just like, woo, I'm glad I don't work weekends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, this motherfucker went in on a Friday. So he's given a job in the laundry room. Yes. The foreman for that area was Robert Warnke. Or yep. Warnke. I don't That's, know how you pronounce Warnke, it. It's Warnke probably. So he was. He's no- dead. Who cares? Yeah. He was. Damage on it. He, he was. But he was known to like bully and harass yeah. the prisoners who worked for him. He was one of those kind of fucking prison guards. But then obviously he makes the mistake of fucking with Carl. And I tried. I wanted to find like more about how Warnke looked because usually with these people I'm like he was probably like a solid 5'8". Yeah. Sniveling. Shitty stash. He was either fucking weighed as much as a shit stain or was fat as fuck. Yeah. And here in comes basically a fucking train box car on fucking feet. Yeah. Carl Panzerum this big brutish motherfucker and he decides to fucking go at him. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. And he beats him to death. So Carl beats this guy to death with an iron bar and got the death sentence. Yep. So he didn't come in with the death death sentence. No, he had the twenty five to life. He got the there was he, nothing death yep, about it. Twenty five to life because he confessed to it. Told him, "Don't fuck with me." Well, they're probably like, "Look, you see, this, got you himself see, you see the size to death. of this guy. We're gonna be able to work him for a long fucking time, make a lot of fucking money. Don't yeah. kill him." Yeah. But then he turns around. He refuses the appeals. Oh yeah, yeah. Carl like, Pinsram did not want the, the He's appeals. He's like, "Fuck it." And this is my. One of my favorite Panzer moments because <laughs> obviously he's a shit fucking human. I he's figured a shit. the train hobo rape gang was, <laughs> was look, your thing. <laughs> look, what happened? Look, we agreed what happened before we met each other <laughs> was not going to dictate how we treat each other now. Uh, but no, this is one, one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes, and he's got a few. Uh, Pan- there was apparently some human rights activists and like like death penalty protesters who. You know, you know, you know how these guys are. People with too much time on their hands, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. It is whatever. I, you know, but they, you know, they're out there. You know, don't, don't kill him. Life's sacred. And Panzerim, let them know 
quote. This is quote from this big mean bastard, and mm, it's just it's 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 not the greatest quote of all time, but for to come from Carl Panzerum, it's a beaut. Quote. The only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. That's cold fucking blood. Cold soul <laughs> Carl. Dude. That right there, that just lets you know. Like Carl Panzerum was just like, you know, if they're like, you know, what do you like? I like yacht stealing, <laughs> train rides, uh, doing hobo things on raping. I like yeah. hobo gang ranks. What do you dislike? Humanity. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I don't like the fact that we exist. Yeah. You know, and like, Good God Almighty, man! Like that state, like at that point, I bet all of them were just like, "Holy fuck!" I really don't say this out loud, but I really hope they fucking killed that guy because this guy's <laughs> fucking crazy, you know. Um. So, but but then he, when he gets on uh, when he gets on death row, he's actually kind of befriended almost uh, from an officer on death row named Henry Philip Lesser, uh, and, and Lesser would actually. I mean, Panzerum has no support system yeah. outside of yeah. that praise. Burned and burgled and fucking <laughs> raped and killed that everything. That fucking bridge. <laughs> yeah, that bridge is gone. You know, it's fucking, you know, it's just covered in broken promises, fire, and cum. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say semen. I was going to be the nicer of the two on that one. Um, so, but, 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 uh, Lester would actually give him money for cigarettes. Uh, and uh, and then he also actually gave Panzerum some writing materials. Yep, and Panzerum would actually use those materials to write about, you know, obviously his crimes and his... What, he, what a lot of people who are like serial mass murderers yeah. do, you know, they, they, they get it out, you know, yeah. what the fuck's going on inside me. Because that's why, that's why we do this podcast. That's why anybody who is into serial killers wants to know, like, we all agree the things they do are fucking heinous, but we... We really want to pick apart that mind behind it because for almost all of us, we couldn't imagine in a thousand years doing even one of the acts that most of these people do, let alone everything that these people do. So we, we, we're dying to know, like, look, I'm looking at you. You're clearly human. How the f- what the fuck is going on in there that lets you do this? You know, yeah. that's why we, that's what we like. We want to hear from them. Well, we let the FBI say that, oh, you guys have to have a specific MO, but really oh, man, it's no. an individual philosophy. Oh, they yeah. live and die by these certain set of rules that no, no matter how fucked up they are on the head, those are their rules. Like you even yeah, said it earlier. Have to make sense to you. Yeah, yeah, like you said earlier. Carl never fucked around with women. He only fucked around with men. So and it wasn't because boom, it's not an mo. That was his preference. That right. was his philosophy in his mind because of what happened to him in his adolescence. He wasn't raped by women. He was raped and sodomized by men. Right, but and, so and that's who his crimes to, were. He against. didn't seem to have anything like against women Mm-mm. or anything like that. Nothing for that. He just that just that just didn't that just wasn't a, a part of who Carl Panzerum was. Yeah, and 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 so you know. Luckily, Lesser gave him this stuff because, uh, you know, Panzer, he, he said, you said he used it to write about everything. And <clears throat> this is, again, this is this is so Carl Panzerum. And this is something that you don't get a lot of. Uh, and I can't speak as obviously, you know, you talk to me a year from now doing this show and my knowledge of serial killers is going to be a lot bigger. 
<clears throat> but you know, as of right now in June of 2021, a lot of the serial killers, once they're caught, once they've had some time to themselves, unable to act upon those urges that arrive and spending some time with just them. Yeah. A lot of them tend to start seeing that what they did was fucking wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe not even apologizing for it, but seeing it, seeing that per the current society they live in, this was not acceptable by any means. Not Carl Panzerum. No. Carl Panzerum fucking busted. He fucking Drop kick the gates of fucking hell like a G, bro. <laughs> the first sentence uh, of his writings, he says, and I quote, In my lifetime, I have murdered 22 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons, and last but not least, I have committed sodomy on more than 1,000 male human beings. I bet that, that you want to talk about an STD. That <laughs> motherfucker, his, probably his last thing he did was scratch his dick. He was a share. Oh, was so, a you're talking about a five-star super spreader. <laughs> yeah, Carl exactly. Pinsman, OG five-star <laughs> super spreader. Uh, but uh, and then t- the, ending the quote, for all these things, I am not in the least bit Sorry. To be fair. I kind of respect him for saying to, that. I was going to say, yeah. that was where I was about to go. To be fair, when you take mass murderers and serial killers, what the fuck are they are they supposed to say? You know, particularly if you're not I'm some sorry. religious you're person who says, it. oh, now they're a child of God. No. You know, they'll go to heaven. No. They've repented. Bullshit. For the normal, I'm sorry, if you're religious, I'm not saying you're not normal. I, you know, whatever. Believe what you want to believe. I'm not here for that. Uh, but but for most people, what the fuck can you say? You know, we found you ate other humans. You had body parts in your fridge. You were raping and and killing mentally handicapped people. Yada yada. Yep. What the fuck do you want me to let you say to me that gives me any shred of humanity? Just because you're about to meet your fate. Yep. No, there's none of that. I gotta be honest. I'm with you. Like, whether, I'm I'm assuming Carl Panzer. Like, if if he lived in the day of like modern psychology, he would have been picked apart because they would have been like, "What this motherfucker?" I'm sure they would have had had things about. It. But but Carl Panzer, he was a fucking brute. He liked doing what the fuck he did, as wrong as it was, and he never once fucking felt. And if he did, if he felt sorry for it, he never let anybody on. No, I honestly, I, I, I take a, a weirdly but similar like viewpoint on his upbringing. He's ever, he's never known the decent side of humanity. So I still, I just think he was I think up honestly, he put. That's what I'm saying. He was fucked up from birth, but he had a fucked up existence, and he's like, fuck it, I prevailed. Like I, I, I did what the fuck I wanted to do. Yep, I still I still overcame the odds and did exactly what the fuck I wanted to do in this fucked up world because humans are so fucked up and I was one of them, but at least I was on top. Yeah. And I, and I, I can't help but respect that because a lot of the times you and I have even had those little small discussions about how fucked up the world really seems. Oh, yeah. It you always know, we has always, been. Yeah, it always, always has, has been. been. Exactly. And so when you think about it in that regard we have a, this little weird inkling of respect is like, at least you triumphed over your fucked up life. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily like a triumph over it. I, at this point, I'm just glad here's a dude not at the end begging for fucking forgiveness and mercy. Yeah. Because 
why do I That's owe that so to you? Pandering. Why I don't owe that to you at all so that you can die feeling a little bit better. You never gave that to your victims. Yeah. You would not have given it to me if I fit your criteria and you met me outside on the streets and decided to do what you did to other people. Uh, you would have never given that to me. So why at the end? Because now you finally have to face what went through your victims' minds right before they died. Should I give you any amount of something you never once gave to another human being on this planet? And for that, for Carl Panzerum, I got to give, I got to, I got to give you a little bit of props for that. But wasn't uh, so? Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Carl kind of known as somebody who really fucking hated religion, though? Because of what I, he was all, he was brought up in, because he always felt I mean, like the dude tried to fucking kill a Lutheran cleric. I mean, no, uh, I remember specifically. Damn it, I wish I would have pulled that up or I remembered it before this moment. But it was something to the fact that that school taught him his atheism or his hatred towards those people. Well, I mean, it was, it was the was only re- thing that taught him his perverse mindset was being in that religious training school. I mean, there's. Again, I don't want to get into this because there are into a lot of it because I mean I we can both say you and you nor I are religious. I would imagine most people who listen to this show are not religious, but there are a lot of people who are spiritual mm-hmm. or or somewhat not necessarily religious, but kind of identify with the religion. They're just not fucking assholes about it. But usually, people who are really into their religions. They're, you know, the crazy ones are the ones that are like running the, these kind of old school reformatory schools yeah. and shit like that, where they're trying to beat the love of Christ into you and shit like that. And those are they're responsible for turning turning out some really fucked up human beings yeah. because of that. And it's, it's almost like a cover for them to do what they do in the guise of trying to love you to Jesus or to whatever fucking yeah. deity it is. So I'm not sure. Probably so. I, I, you know, but again, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was. He liked lying and stealing at the age of five. You know, he was he was drunken, incorrigible by seven. This is just a fucking. He's just there's you don't have he a was lot a of bad scene. you don't I have a lot of Carl Panzerums in history and and out of all the Carl Panzerums I'm aware of, Carl Panzerum was the most Carl Panzeriumist <laughs> of them all. Uh, so yeah, he said that uh, Carl Panzerum. And wrapping up here, he was he was hanged September fifth, nineteen thirty. They, they tried to put the black hood on him that they normally do. You know, I guess there's probably some, isn't there like some possible like ejection of the eyes? It, it, their face does not look pretty when they're hanging, right? Uh, yeah, so a lot of the times during a hang, it, it actually depends on blood pressure. Like sometimes you'll have people who their eyes kind of protrude a little bit more. The tongue comes out of their mouth. Um, sometimes there's like bleeding, but... The black th- hood is for the people watching, though. It's not yeah, for the person yeah, getting hung. It doesn't thing. help them. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing of modernity. It really right. is. So, but they tried to put that on. Carl Panzerum spat in the motherfucker's face when he tried to put it on. <laughs> yeah. His last words. Uh, oh I actually my. remember you quoting this to me before I knew who Carl Panzerum yes. was. Yes. And you're like, this motherfucker's a badass. And I, I swear it had to have been at least 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, who? And you're like this quote, and I'm like, whoa! The yeah. quote stuck with me, but the name never did. So yeah, go well, ahead. I Sorry. tell you what, since since it stuck so much with you, you tell us, Joe, tell us, <laughs> tell us verbatim what Carl Panzerum's last fucking words on this earth were before they kicked out the fucking floor and sent him on to whatever's on the other side of this All right, shit. So let me get my nasal back in like I'm from the Midwest. You can't do it like a Midwest housewife. Don't be <laughs> mom, the mom off of Bobby's. No, world I'm here. not. I'm okay. not. Hurry up, you hooser bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. And they look at him with one last final look of disgust. (laughs) 
shrug their shoulders and pull the fucking lever and send him on to the great fucking beyond uh, in September 5th of 1930. Yep. And Pan's Ram's grave at Leavenworth Penitentiary is only marked with his prison number of 31614. Yep. And and Henry Lesser, the, the, the death row guard, uh, he, he kept all of Pan's Ram's writings. Yep. Took Lesser roughly four decades. Yep. Um, let's see here. Oh, it was actually almost right to the date because it, it took him four decades to get someone to publish these writings. Had to finally get to, you know, the 70s when shit started getting kind of fucked up. <laughs> and people were just like, I'd read that, you know? Like, <laughs> and uh, so in 1970, they were published uh, in the book called Killer, A Journal of Murder. Um, haven't read that. Definitely would love to. It's actually in our Amazon cart. Oh, look at you. Way down. Like, we looked that up when, I think, oh at God. least eight months ago. <laughs> and just now getting around to the podcast. And I'm like, hmm, I actually know that name and looked it over at Amazon. So, yeah, that is the the story of Mr. Bad from birth himself, Carl Pansrum. Um, I enjoyed. This was I, fun. I like Carl Pansrum solely for the fact that Here's a dude who was despicable, and he was at least he at least had the common decency to be despicable to the end. I hate when someone suddenly mm-hmm. wants to see the error of their ways because they have time to think about what they did, and they never gave their victims that kind of fucking. He was consistent. He was. He was. He if never failed but, to be, but everything but consistent. Yep. He. And that's he okay. Was, again, he was Carl Panzer when he came out. And he or came in and he went out like Carl Panzerman. And I got to yep. give him that. No, no matter how sick and vile his shit was, don't agree with all that shit. But I got to give him fucking some big time daps for for going out like that. So um, that's it. That's yes. episode nine of Spread the Dread podcast. Remember, thank you uh, guys again. Absolutely, thank you as always. Remember episode one of Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill. You're gonna find it as FF. FMK, uh, where we talk about Snowtown. It's now out on all the podcast platforms, YouTube, and BitChute. Uh, we're going to have three in a row of those coming up starting next Tuesday, uh, where we're going to re- be reviewing the Fear Street trilogy that's debuting on Netflix on the 2nd, the 9th, and the 16th. Oh, nice. Uh, you remembered all of those. Hey, Good I, job. I have, I have my moment. So <laughs> they're going to debut on Fridays. We're going to be talking about on the following Tuesday, so be sure to check in on that. Of course, go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Yes. Um, you can link up with us, Facebook, Instagram. Of course, we have direct links to all of our stuff on all the different podcasting sites, YouTube and BitChute as well. Um, and don't forget, we have the five-star super spreader. Yes. Please t- make sure you get on Remind them more about that. Tell them how they get that, Joe. Yes, get up on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Shoot us a screenshot on either Facebook or Instagram. And let us know and give you or give us your address so we can send you out a sticker. And again, Y'all five, deserve it. Y'all sat through review, at least one you episode. Have, you have to write a review. It doesn't yeah. have to be long and detailed. The more you want to write, however you want to do it. But a simple five-star rating, not going to fucking cut it. Yep. Need you to write something about that. Um, Preferably with no cursing so it'll actually get posted. Because yes, Apple, Apple sucks. Casey Lee 420 <laughs> with your lesbian wife in Wisconsin. 
Get on that. Edit your shit this one time. Do it for us, Casey. <laughs> I know you don't like to. You're, you're a freewheeling, old Milwaukee beer drinking bad bitch from the fucking Midwest in Wisconsin. You don't want to censor yourself, but do it for us. Do it because you love us. And because I really want to I really want to see that message come through of that five-star super spreader sticker on that strap-on that you and your wife are so fond of. Uh, so do that. And yeah, Again, always, as always, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. You can link up with us through there. Definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the new updates. And uh, so this is going to be it until the next Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill that's going to be coming up this next Tuesday. We're going to talk about Fear Street Part 1. Yes. Anything else, Joe? No, that is great. Good episode. I had a lot of fun. We kept it under 90 minutes. Wow. I'm I'm wanting to get better about that because, believe me, I wouldn't want to listen to me for two hours. (laughs) Some of them we're not going to be able to. tune out after 15 minutes of listening to you, so. See, and that's why. I love you. That's why we're at a <laughs> See, if you talk, keep talking. See, just keep talking shit to each other, and you'll fucking live long and prosper. <laughs> so for Spread the Dread Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Joe. Thank you again. Have a good day and or night, no matter where you are when you're listening to this. And in the words of our man, Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?